Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. For a year, the Coles had served in Micronesia, but due to unforeseen challenges, had to come home early. Filled with confusion as to why they found themselves suddenly back in the States when they believed God had worked in many ways to get them there, they weren't sure what they were supposed to do. If God had called them to be foreign missionaries, what were they doing back home? We just thought she still had some student loans, my wife, and we wanted to pay those off. So we thought, you know what, let's just work and let's get jobs and maybe God wants us to be missionaries here. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe he wants us to be missionaries in the United States. And so what happened was we moved up to Connecticut to take care of my wife's great-grandmother and the family was paying us to take care of her and we we realized, you know, they were going to let us live in the home and we were going to be able to pay off a student debt really fast. But that didn't last very long and they ended up putting her in a nursing home and so we ended up moving back to North Carolina from Connecticut. The Coles felt that they should return to school to finish their degrees. Prior to the mission field, they were both very interested in health ministry. They felt that health was a great way to reach out to people and break down all kinds of barriers. So we decided, we said, you know, why don't we just go, why don't we just do a massage program? And we needed a couple credits to uh, get into the massage program. So we went back to college for one semester and got a couple more credits and signed up for the massage program. This whole time, we were starting to formulate a plan of how we were going to serve the Lord in the States. And we just thought, yeah, this is going to be such a great way to meet people. And we're really looking forward to finishing school. But the whole time we were doing this, uh, making this plan, we just didn't have any peace. We did not have the peace that God gives when you decide to follow Him. There was a summer break between the spring semester and the massage program was going to start in the fall. And it was summertime, and the massage program was going to start about two months. And we just didn't have any peace. We were praying. We are like, Lord, we don't want to go forward and do this unless it's exactly what you want us to do. So we had both been impressed to pray and to fast one morning. We didn't really want to, you know. You know how it is when you feel impressed to pray and fast, but you like to eat. And, you know, fasting is not the most enjoyable thing, but we had fasted in the past and we knew it was good, but uh, it's just a hard thing to do. They both had been impressed to fast, and one morning they were reading through the book of Acts together in chapter 13. And it said, After much prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Separate to me now Saul and Barnabas for the work which I have called them. And we knew God was saying to us, I want you to fast so that you can know which way uh, God has called you to go. So we prayed and we fasted, and uh, about a week later, we started going to a series of seminars by Derek Morris. And this series of seminars by Derek Morris was called The Radical Prayer. And the second night he was there, my wife and I walked down front to meet with him. And uh, as we walked down front, he, he just kind of was looking at us as we were walking down. He had this look on his face. And we walked down and we met with him and he talked with us for a few minutes and he asked us what we did and we told him. And then he said, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to bring my book with me tonight because I'm supposed to give it to someone. And now I realize that that person is you. And he gave us his book. And right then we realized that we were having an answer from the Lord. And so we took that book home. It was a little book called The Radical Prayer. And it was pretty much based off of Luke 10 too, where you pray the Lord of Harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. For the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. 
and we prayed. And, and the radical prayer was to pray that the Lord will throw you out. Uh, he will ekballow you, which is the original terminology, into the harvest. And wherever the Lord sends you, that's where you want to be. Almost a week went by since they prayed that night, and Mrs. Cole found herself at the Fletcher Park Inn in North Carolina where she worked. She noticed a man walking down the hallways and recognized him from a picture in the foyer and remembered that he was going to be talking about mission work. Usually very shy, she felt impressed to speak with him. She said, hey, are you that guy that's here to talk about foreign missions? And he said, yeah, yeah, I am. And uh, he said, hey, my name is John Baxter and I'm here to talk about that. And he said, what's your name? And so she told him and somehow he had heard of us and he had heard of our mission in the past. And he said, hey, I want to talk to you guys. I would like to meet with you and your husband. And she said, okay, I would like that. When she came home, she told her husband about the man who worked with the mission organization. They had always believed that missions was their call and had looked into several organizations but had found nothing that they felt called to fulfill. Here was one more organization and she felt they should meet with him. But when the time came to meet with John, neither wanted to go. We could just feel the spiritual oppression in that moment. So we said, you know what, we just need to stop and let's pray. And if this is God's will, we need to go. After they prayed, they felt the spiritual oppression lift from them, and they decided that they needed to go. When they met with him, John started talking about a couple opportunities they had in the field and what their organization was about. When he got to this one field, when he started talking about Turkey, it just really pulled on our hearts. He started telling us the work that was needed there and that's taken place in the past and the ratio of Christians to non-Christians, much less Adventists in that country and how unreached it was. And the Holy Spirit just pulled on our hearts for this country. And we went home and we were both just talking about this one country. And we're like, wow, we don't know, but I feel like God is calling us. And before we had left, John said to us, he said, you don't know this yet, but you're both going to be missionaries with this organization. After going through the application process of being a missionary and becoming accepted, the Coles found themselves in the busy streets of Turkey. We had just arrived at Istanbul and we were trying to get everything we could done to secure our new apartment and we needed to get our utilities turned on. So we went down to the electric company, my wife and I and our colleague, and we were standing in line and, and my colleague said to me, I need you to run out and get a photocopy of your lease agreement because they're going to need a copy of it. They were waiting in a long line when his colleague sent him to look for a shop to get a photocopy little shops uh, along the streets that'll have a sign in the window that will say photocopy and I was like okay I can do that so I ran out to the street and having come from little North Carolina to Istanbul the city of 20 million it was very overstimulating you go out to the street and there are cats and dogs running all over the place and there's cars and buses and trucks honking and traffic like you wouldn't believe and mopeds and these mopeds they're crazy they'll actually jump onto the sidewalk and go against the flow of foot traffic that's on the sidewalk to try to get to their destination there's so much going on there's there's people smoking they're cooking things in the streets so my senses were just on overload at this time and all the while, I'm running up and down these streets looking for a little sign that says photocopy. And finally, I saw a shop where they would make copies or portraits or pictures. And I thought to myself, you know, they could probably make a copy of my lease agreement. 
So I went inside and I asked them, hey, can you make a copy of my lease agreement? And they said, no, we can't do that here. We only do pictures. But then they, they ushered me outside and they pointed down the street and they said, you know, try that shop right there. After trying the next shop without luck and being ushered out the door, he found himself overwhelmed and frustrated. He was worried they would lose their place in line because he couldn't get a photocopy and be delayed further. The sooner they got this done, the sooner they could move on to other things. So I'm just starting to stress and worry and I'm standing there in, in the middle of these streets with cars whizzing past and the honking and dogs and people smoking. And in the midst of all this stimulation, I just closed my eyes and I lifted up my voice to the Lord. I said, Lord, I know you care about everything. And I realize now that I cannot even do the simplest task without you. So I'm asking, will you please help me to find a photocopy place so I can get this done? And I, I pray it in, in Jesus' name. He crossed the road and there to the right was a sign saying photocopy. He stepped down into the shop and immediately felt a calming feeling. All the city sounds faded away. There were several stringed instruments lining the wall to the back. And in the back, there sat a little man playing an instrument. And as I began to walk to the back, he lifted up his eyes to me and he said, photocopy? And I replied, yeah, please. I really need a photocopy of this. And so he took it from my hands and he quickly started making a copy. And then he began to talk to me like very calmly and slowly asking me simple questions in Turkish because I didn't really speak a lot right then. And so we talked for a few minutes as he made a couple copies and we said goodbye and I, he went back to his chair and started playing his song. And as I headed out the door, I just realized how much God cares about the little things. And my heart rate was down. I wasn't worried anymore. And the verse came to my mind about how much God cares about the lilies. And uh, once again, I just realized there was no way as we began life here in Turkey that every task, no matter how small or great, we needed to involve the Lord because nothing would ever get done without his help. They had been in Turkey for about three months now and were waiting for their appointment for the resident permits to live in the country. They had planned their day carefully in the various ways of transportation in order to get to the police station. And along the way, uh, we got up early in the morning, we headed down to Kadıköy, and along the way we had to stop and get some papers notarized, and it took way longer than we wanted to to get these papers notarized. But there was a slight hitch. The man at the notary thought that their photocopy documents were fake, because they couldn't have the real one sent to them. But finally, after they had to pay a lot of money, they had their documents stamped. And we were late and we were worried. We're like, man, we're just not going to make it to this appointment on time. And this is crazy because we've waited three months. And if we don't make it on time, we might get kicked out of the country. We might have to pay a fine. We're not really sure what's going to happen. So we're really worried. And so we went to the ferry. We got on the ferry and we're heading across. And we were pretty stressed out from the morning, from everything that had taken place up to this point. Because we had to do a lot of things uh, preparing to get our resident permits. We had to make sure we you know, had a place to rent. Uh, we had to make sure we had a bank account. We had to make sure we had all these documents notarized and translated into Turkish and all these things. When they got on the ferry, they took the time to relax and kick back for a little while. But after realizing the ferry had stopped and pushed off again sometime later, they turned to a woman and asked them what stop that had been. And sure enough, it was our stop. And instantly, I just started thinking about the past and how many times we had made mistakes because we don't know the language, we don't know the culture. And I thought about the time that I was 
was trying to scan my metro card and I was going into the metro and I was holding it up to the screen and I was holding it in the wrong place and the young girl behind me was laughing and she pointed to the right place and I was basically holding up this huge line of people behind me because I didn't know how to scan my card. Then there was another time we took the wrong bus trying to get home from somewhere we went and it ended up taking two hours extra to get home from where we were coming. There was another time, the most infamous time probably, where we were riding the bus and I was trying to say in Turkish, please open the window. But instead I said, please, the window is hungry. So now as always, we're riding this ferry and I'm like, man, we're going to get off and we're going to be late. And just like always, when we find ourselves in trouble, we decided to pray and we just prayed, Lord, we're running out of time and we need your help. And we ask for you to help us get there on time. And of course, God is just so good and he took care of us. And what happened was the very next stop, we quickly got off and we asked someone how to get to the police station. And they said, yeah, you just go across the bridge and you get on this bus and it'll take you to the police station. So we went across the bridge. It was a bridge over like a four lane highway. So we basically ran across this bridge and went down to where we saw this bus stop was. And we asked them where they were going. And we found out that none of the buses would make it there in time. They said, yeah, it's going to take about 45 minutes for the bus to get there. And our appointment was in about 15 minutes. And we realized, man, that's never going to be enough time. So we ran down the street and there was a taxi driver and he said, hey, where are you guys going? We said, we're trying to get to here. It's a police station. He said, I can take you. So we hopped in the car with this taxi driver and this guy drove super fast and he just talked our ear off the whole way there. He was honking and swerving and just driving like a true local Turkish person. The taxi driver dropped them right at the front steps to the police station and wouldn't you know it, but it was exactly on time. And, you know, later, I always look back and I realized, you know, we weren't a minute late and we weren't a minute early. And that's just always how God works. And I thought about this time where we had missed our ferry stop and all the other times when we just sounded crazy trying to speak Turkish and doing things and always messing up because we don't understand how to do life here. And I just realized that what it meant to be fools for Christ, and at least in this sense of the word. And, you know, life is just filled with hungry windows. But, you know, we praise the Lord that he chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And the work just continues to move forward in uh, the country of Turkey. And it's obviously not by our might or our power, but by the Lord's Spirit. Be thou my vision, Lord of my heart, not be all else to friend believe that you are being called to the mission field, point your browser to afmonline.org. That's afmonline.org. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal.